Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, it's 5 o'clock. This is John Katsimatidis, and we got the number one show at 5 o'clock. And we, we, there's so, many, so much news going on today. In the studio with us, we've got Judge Richard Weinberg, Congressman Peter King, and a, a relation to Fre- First President George Washington, Rudy Washington, former Deputy Mayor. Rudy, welcome. Thank you. And, and uh, Rita, Rita Cosby. You know what? Boy, I'm just listening to our right, headlines, first John. First spring. First day of spring, uh, but the talk about a way to kick off spring. They are setting up barricades and setting up lots of other stuff outside of Trump Tower and also the courthouse in New York. This guys. is crazy. I, I think more important than that, we have an Al D'Amato coming up later on to give his views. Al D'Amato is going to come on, and uh, he is full of, uh, you know. And vinegar. And vinegar. <laughs> and we have Bill O'Reilly. we got an action-packed yeah. show, you Bill guys. Bill O'Reilly at the end, and he... That, that's going to be some... Uh, and Roger Stone. I, I, I know, who's going to yell louder, louder uh, D'Amato or... or, or uh, it's going to be tough. Or, that, right? That's a competition. No, we, have a thing. Uh, we, have an Italian, we have an Italian and an uh, Irish guy. Did you ever think we see the day when a former president will be facing indictment for using his own money to give to a non-governmental person which has nothing to do with the government, nothing at all to do with his office. Nothing it is stunning. This and is even, liberal, even liberal attorneys are coming out yeah. and saying it doesn't make sense. Judge? This is nothing more than a political prosecution. Justice Robert Jackson, United States Supreme Court, was attorney general, warned against these kind of political prosecutions. We pick out the man and they try to find the crime. This is at best, at best, at best, and I'm not even saying and it is, a misdemeanor with a two-year statute of limitations. Bragg was right the first time by not taking this case forward. I don't know why he's doing it now. And I'm telling everybody, don't go and uh, protest. You know what's going to happen? It'll be January 6th all over again. They're importing protesters from Portland, Oregon. Yes, same old group, right? Same old group. And uh, I'm sure the, uh, the crazy Republicans will be there, too. The crazy ones and, uh, and the paid agitators. One big mess and, and the, the paid, paid agitators. agitators. Well, and that's why it needs to be calm. It needs to be calm and protest. But they're gearing up. They said they want uniformed cops. It'll be there January six all over again. You know, Rudy, you know, Judge uh, um, Supreme Court Judge of Jackson wrote Robert that Jackson. in 1940, and I think a law needs to be codified because I'm looking at too many of these DAs that are just trashing the Constitution, the rule of law. And that's what makes the United States the country. Well, that well look, look, guys, I got the, the, one of the greatest senators we've ever had in New York on the waiting line. Rita, bring him on. You got it. We got a former New York senator, the great Al D'Amato. Um, senator D'Amato, I can't wait to get your reaction. This is stunning that it looks like the, the tea leaves from the NYPD and from the Trump camp. It may happen tomorrow. Your reaction. This guy. The district attorney of Manhattan, Alvin Bragg, is a disgrace. 
He's a disgrace to the legal profession. He should be imprisoned himself for what he has done in New York by letting violent criminals out um, and and going after a, a supposed crime uh, that he once would not prosecute, that his predecessor refused to prosecute, and seven years later undertake something where there was no victim, nobody was harmed, there is no crime. What for? For pure, cheap politics. And if you wonder why people hate politicians, Alvin Bragg, you are the reason why. You and your kind. And you don't give two hoots and a holler about the safety of people. No. You got millions of dollars from a guy who goes around and buys district attorneys who promise that they won't hold people in bail, who you, you, instead of being opposed to a law that takes away, then the only state in the nation, the right of a judge to hold somebody who the judge deems to be a threat to society, and you go after the former president of the United States, it is outrageous. And let me tell you, what you've done it, it, is only Let me ask you. Help. He's uh, only given help. Senator, to, if, to, the Cong- if Congress... Donald Trump, let me tell you, this thing is so outrageous that Donald Trump is going to benefit by this. Uh, and, and I hope he gets and makes a, a comment that, please, no violence. Please, to his protesters. And the people well, I don't think we can have any protests at all. Well, I agree they, with they, you. They, they're no, just going to use it as an excuse to bring in agitators from Portland, Oregon. You're, you happen to be right. But let me say this to you. John, you should cable him and tell him. Please tell the people do not come and protest if you want to peacefully. But I, I don't even think he should have done that. He didn't have to do it. He should have said it's an outrage, that which is taking place. It, it, it is a, a it flies in the face of the law and the Constitution of this country. But we don't need another January 6th, which will then hurt him. And so he should say something. To his people. They want to Please. take this off the front page and they'll create another January 6th. And it, and it takes the Biden, right by the way, now, and it takes right the Biden now. information off the front page. The yeah, new information right about the Biden family being paid off by the Chinese with all these nefarious deals. It takes that yeah, off the front page, makes Trump the issue. They, they only gave him $40 million. Oh, now, pretty soon you'll be talking about real money, Senator. $40 million. And after all, he had a divided. Uh, among his family, he only got to keep half of it. Hey, Al, Al, as well as you knew Joe Biden over the years, aren't you surprised by these disclosures of all this money? I mean, it's incredible, millions yeah. and millions and millions of dollars. Absolutely. And and that's why he's got a, a beautiful uh, a home on the water, another beautiful home, except you, you don't make that in public service, let me tell you. And... Um, uh, he, he couldn't have gotten any other way. And the money that poured him from China that we know went to the Biden family is, is approximately $40 million. And for, forget about how many other millions they gave to the University of Pennsylvania 
and to who knows what, what other groups uh, they gave it to uh, to help Biden. It's it's shocking. Yes, I am shocked by it, and and um, I think it's disgraceful. And I think if this crowd that comes does not get out of hand, this is going to help Trump. Because this was an obvious political ploy on the part of this despicable district attorney, Bragg, the the New York, uh, uh, Manhattan County district attorney. What a disgrace. Senator D'Amato, you were on the board at one time uh, uh, of Signature Bank. Right. Uh, Have you determined what happened? Yeah. Uh, Let me tell you uh, two things. Number one, the federal regulators have totally screwed up. Where they should have stepped in, uh, they they did not. In in the bank, as it relates to out in California, that and by the way, uh, two of their uh, major uh, stockholders and board members, I think the chairman of the board and an associate of his, sold millions of dollars of stock several days before the collapse. Incredible. That's number one. Number two, um, as it related to Signature Bank, um, I heard uh, Barney Frank uh, being interviewed by you, John, and Barney gave a very compelling story that six of the independent directors and the other board members met with the New York regulators several weeks before this took place. They never said a thing. They never complained about anything. They never asked why did you loan X, Y, Z to anybody. And then uh, the New York people put the pressure on to close the bank. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. And that bank uh, uh, was doing a good job as it related to meeting the needs of the locals um, uh, where many of the major banks we're not really active with the small businesses, et cetera, and particularly in the housing area where many of the larger banks were reluctant, reluctant to become involved. I'm not saying to you that there may have been some imperfections, but all of them could have been dealt with. And you don't uh, come in and close it like that uh, when there was no major problem. Uh, that existed, like the one out in California. So I agree with Barney. Uh, It was unfortunate. New York regulators, shame on you. Um, If you saw a problem, you should have brought it to the attention of the board uh, uh, three or four weeks before. You obviously didn't see any, so you, you failed your job. And by the way, the feds, they failed entirely. Entirely. If you look at what these major banks did. And by the way, to forgive and give back hundreds of millions of dollars to major corporations, most of them totally politically uh, captive by the left wing of the Democratic Party, is a goddamn disgrace. That's giving away taxpayers' money. And you can say, oh, taxpayers' money, it's all within the bank. Yeah, it's within the banking system. And when the banking system has to raise the rates and charge you more and give hardworking people less of an opportunity, who pays? We pay. In the final analysis, 
I think this thing was terribly mishandled. I see giving back to people who are honest depositors, but not we agree. We agree. Major corporations, they gave over a billion dollars back to these major corporations. Senator, thank you so much for speaking out for our country, our city, and our state, and uh, God bless you, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Take care of yourself, Al. Take care, guys. And by the way, I'm saying thank you, Senator. I'm also seeing that uh, Trump ally, Bob Costello, as we talked about, just finished testifying before the grand jury in the Trump case. Uh, and he's speaking out about he's the one who represented Michael Cohen briefly and is questioning Michael Cohen's integrity. But he has finished before the grand jury. Wow. Things are uh, developing fast. Well, now we have John Chachis on, uh, who has a, a, a media background and an investment banker. And uh, he has a few things to say about what happened with the banking situation. John Chatches, tell us. How are you, John? Nice to talk to you. Good. I'm just amazed. I mean, when you look at the pace at which this unfolded, uh, Silicon Valley Bank had a particular kind of problem, but the vast majority of our banks are well-capitalized, safe, the loans they've made are prudent, and yet there's been this just incredible uh, destruction of value. Credit Suisse, as an example of this, was one of the best capitalized banks in the world in terms of its actual regulatory capital. And yet all it takes is um, a lack of confidence, and the depositors decide, okay, time to leave. And that's what we're suffering from. And it's pretty amazing, actually, to see the the contagion of the Silicon Valley Bank problem. Um, and I have to say, you know, you look at our regulators, and you wonder, are, are all these guys asleep? Is anybody actually paying attention because this didn't evolve overnight with a bunch of bad loans this actually evolved over months and months and months when there were things that silicon valley bank and its board of directors could and should have done and didn't do to prevent the problem and the regulators absolutely should have known it and absolutely should have taken more significant action early and now they're playing cleanup former uh, deputy and- mayor uh, washington yes uh, john um what do you think uh, Powell's going to do? I, I don't think the country can handle this inflation well, battle. My advice was that they should lower it by one point. Yeah, he's going to have to choose. He's going to have to choose. Either he's going to focus on inflation or, or focusing, focus on saving banks. I don't think well, he, the country can handle short, both. I think in the coming weeks, while you have this, you know, the one thing about the banking system that keeps it functioning is one word, confidence. And the minute that confidence is lost, and depositors flee. There's almost nothing that can be done to save the animal. Uh, First Republic is an example of that. $30 billion of fresh deposits coming from the largest lenders, largest banking institutions in the country. Uh, the value of, of the deposits are probably safe, but the value of the equity has declined by another 30 40% in the days since they put the money in. The Saudi National Bank did the same thing with Credit Suisse, put in $4 billion. Once the confidence is gone and the shareholders run, and the shares decline, there's almost nothing to stop the freight train. I think the Fed still has an inflation problem. We still have a core inflation problem. It's improving a little. The cost of milk and eggs and food, uh, there is some evidence that that is improving a little. But I don't think by any measure the $5 trillion that was pumped in the American economy has suddenly come out. So we still have inflationary service inflationary pressures are very high, and I don't think the Fed is done raising rates. I think they may take a pause for a month or two or three to see whether there's banking I, noise, I, I, I down, think, but they're not going away. John, I think you're right because that'll be throwing fuel on the fire. Yeah, there's no, it makes no sense at the current moment to raise rates another, you know, half point 
you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, the Fed is funny. It's all about signaling. And so my suspicion is they'll raise it a little and say, we're not done, but for the moment we're taking a pause and we'll see where we go. Um, but the, this, con- this concept that some of our regional banks, Zion's Bancorp in Salt Lake City, I mean, healthy, stable, successful bank. Well, the, the rise, the, the unprecedented rise in interest rates, and I've been saying this, the interest rates went up so fast, so high, it caused the value of the bonds and in, in the value of the real estate in, in the uh, bank's portfolios to go straight down. Well, there's no question. There's no question that the pace at which rates rose eroded securities that the banks were holding on their balance sheets. But let's ask ourselves a question. We live in a time when you can price this thing to the minute. The banks know to a minute the value of their real estate investments, the value of their securities investments, and how much their book equity is worth. So why there isn't you know, a tripwire, why the Federal Reserve or the control of the currency isn't looking at these statistics? Your prediction of what the Fed's going to do on Wednesday? Excuse me? What is your prediction what the Fed is going to do on Wednesday? I think the Fed's going to raise rates 25 basis points and tell everybody we're going to take our time. Inflation is not completely gone, but we're not done with rising rates. Or they're going to take, or they're going to raise it nothing at all, but warn that there will be further rate rises in the future. John Chatches, thank you so much for coming on. God bless you, and we'll catch up again real soon. Thank Thanks you for having me. And uh, we're going to take a break right now, and we're going to come back with the uh, president and CEO of the New York City Partnership, uh, Kathy Wild. And the question is, 484,000 New Yorkers have left. Now I understand there's going to be a war on businesses. And what happens if they leave, too? Let's take that break. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we're back, and uh, this is John Katzmatidis along with Rita Cosby. And uh, with us today is the uh, president and CEO of the New York City Partnership, representing the business community. And uh, Kathy Wild, uh, 484,000 New Yorkers have left New York, and and it's still pouring out. The, the, the Assembly and the State Senate is raising taxes to the highest ever. If everybody leaves, who's going to pay the taxes? Well, that's a good question, John, but I think that the governor is going to hold the line and not allow those tax increases to go through. Governor Hochul has made very clear he won't support those tax and in, personal income tax increases, um, and she understands the importance of this issue. So I'm confident that she's going to hold the line. Now, I also understand uh, that there's a a paper out from the Attorney General's office. uh, uh, Judge Weinberg, uh, they're asking for what? Well, you have you have different you have different issues with the attorney general's office. I'm oh. talking about they're asking uh, for reasons to go after some of the businesses in our in our yeah. city and state. They they're going after using price gouging statutes from uh, from decades ago, saying that people responding to the market conditions are engaged in price gouging without understanding at all. What's going so let's chase all the businesses out of New York State, chase all the consumers out of New York State, and what are we going to have left? Zero. <laughs> you know? What about when you go after businesses and you close them down? What about the, all the employees who lose their jobs? And what about the tax base yeah. being destroyed? Uh, Kathy, well, well, how, do we, how do we keep it so we want to keep? We love New York. We want to we keep everybody here. We are 
certainly on the same page in terms of our concerns about driving people out of New York and equally important, discouraging people from coming here. Uh, Recruiting talent becomes more difficult. Recruiting businesses to invest. It's not a disaster yet. We had 32,000 new businesses form in New York City in the last year. So we've still got people investing. We've still got talent coming here. Uh, NYU had more college applications than any place in the con- any university in the country. So we've got positive things going on. We just have to convince, and I, and I hope it doesn't take a meltdown, a crisis like it did in the 70s, to convince the politicians that they can't continue to just, you know, tell people what they want to hear. You won't have to pay anymore. You won't have to increase your subway fare which is the rationale for the another tax on high earners. Um, you won't have to p- increase your subway fare because we're going to tax the rich people. And that's, that's, as you know, a slippery slope. And as you point out, and we all know, many of those highest earner taxpayers have left. Yeah, and they hire so many people. I mean, that's the thing, too, as you know, it's so many employees. Uh, so what do you, how do you turn this around? Rudy, you've got a question. Yeah, well, uh, Kathy, how are you doing? This is Rudy Washington. Hi, um, Rudy. Nice to hear you. You, you know, what, what I believe, and I saw it back when I was in government, and I just read an article not long ago, these collective bargaining agreements, we're going to have to have some elected officials that are willing to stand up and stand up to the unions and say, you know, enough's enough. I mean, because it's a vicious cycle. You know, you give the big raises, now you got to raise the taxes to pay for the big raises. And you just keep doing the same thing over and over again, you know, and we know what that means. And what you're talking about, Rudy, is the stuff that's hard. Reform, cutting costs. Exactly. Uh, reaching, reaching rational, practical <clears throat> agreement is hard. It takes work. And it just feels it takes, like... It takes courage. I mean, because, takes- you know... Yeah, it's a a problem. We need to take some of this money out of government in terms of lobbyists and everything, representing unions and putting money into the system because it's blowing up in our face now. Kathy, this is Pete King. Can you give us positive news about how restaurants are doing since COVID? Is office space being filled up at all? Any trends in those two areas? You know, both of those trends are positive. Absolutely. Um, A lot of new restaurants and restaurants are thriving. Just try getting a reservation in your favorite restaurant. It's getting tough. And so they are doing well. The the back to office, yes, is making constant positive progress. And you saw the, uh, the transit system. Had uh, in the last uh, la- at the end of last week had their highest numbers. We're getting very close to where we were pre uh, pre pandemic. So things are coming back, and I think um, and, and the criminal justice uh, issues, the crime issues, are starting to get addressed in a way that's making certainly violent crime going down. Still got lots of challenges with shoplifting. But working on it, I think, again, the hard things are going to be looking at our institutions and how we've built very large bureaucracies. I don't know if you're watching in the city. In the city, there's a big fight about that the mayor shouldn't be cutting back on staffing in the city at the same time that um, 
we've got more people working for New York City than we've ever had. I mean, the city has 320,000 employees, and maybe they're in the wrong jobs in the wrong places, but we've got to look at that seriously. So I think the challenge is to keep saying to the politicians, we got to look at how our existing bureaucracies are functioning and all the money we're spending. We can't just keep raising taxes as the solution. Yeah, thank goodness. By the way, um, before I let you go, there was a big thing today with Kathy Hochul, also Eric Adams, sort of a, sort of a cons- bringing people back to New York. Tell us about that real quick, Kathy. Uh, so we celebrated this morning the launch of a We Love New York City campaign with the governor and the mayor and a lot of leaders from throughout the communities of the five boroughs. And the whole point of that campaign is to recognize that we can't simply wait for government to solve these problems. People, citizens have to step up. We have to get people to the polls to vote. We have to educate people about what they can do to make a difference. And solving some of the problems we're talking about here is on the agenda. Well, Kathy Wild, uh, president and CEO of New York City Partnership, thank you for for working hard, fighting hard for our businesses in New York City and New York State. But we we need uh, we, we need some courage in Albany, and uh, thank you, and we'll catch up again real soon. Thanks, John. Take care. Uh, let's go to Lou Dobbs now to find out what happened to the markets uh, today. And I was with Lou Dobbs yesterday at uh, Ed Rollins' birthday party. Ed Rollins was 80 years old. Oh, and he's still sharp as a tack. Oh, still sharp well, as a tack. That's not so old. That's not so old. That's not so old. And uh, let's go to Lou Dobbs, and we'll be back. And uh, we're going to have uh, Bill O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly on uh, 545. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Cats and Cosby. Huge meeting today, of course, with China, the leader there, Xi, going to Moscow to meet now the war criminal, Vladimir Putin. And John, joining us to talk about all of this is Dr. William Parker. He is a retired senior U.S. Naval officer, also chief of staff of the U.S. Naval Surface Forces. Uh, Dr. Parker, really great to have you here. What did you make of this meeting and what does it mean for America? Well, first of all, it's great to be back on your show again. And I'll tell you, this is a uh, this is a big deal. But it's very interesting when you go back and look at the history of this, that you have Blinken's grandfather, our current secretary of state's grandfather, grew up right outside of Kiev, Ukraine, in Periaslav. His father was instrumental in brokering the Budapest Agreement. Mm. And then here he is uh, after President Clinton signed an agreement that said as a result of of the fact that the United States, Russia, and the U.K. decided they would not in any way coerce on the security of the country that Ukraine would give up its nuclear weapons. So here we are today. And, and yes, this, this uh, uh, visit, this, uh, pulling together China and Russia is a big deal. What does it mean also for America? And also, you know, a lot of people are saying it's like thumbing the nose at Biden, too, basically. Uh, you know, Tom Cotton over the weekend was saying it just shows like basically Biden looks weak, that they have blocked him out. I think that's exactly what it is. It shows thumbing the nose at, at President Biden. It shows thumbing the nose at the International Criminal Court. And it says China and Russia and perhaps other 
individuals, other countries, uh, to include Iran, North Korea, Venezuela, um, and, and others are saying, we're done with putting up with you. You're not the big dog on the block anymore. We are. You guys go ahead and focus on uh, who's going to use your bathrooms, focus on messing with your own former presidents, and we're going to start taking over the world here. Now, uh, I understand uh, uh, President Xi and uh, Putin don't really like each other. What do you hear? What do you hear about that? Well, I, I've seen several things happen. Uh, you know, uh, President Xi uh, gave the largest, uh, the highest award uh, that the Chinese government has to President Putin while he was in uh, Beijing a couple years ago. Uh, uh, Putin does the same thing. But what I hear behind the scenes from pretty senior people from both countries is just what you said, that they really don't care for each other. And Russia in particular is worried about Chinese incursion uh, into their country. But right now, they need their support. we got one minute left. What do you want to tell the American people? I'd say uh, anybody that hasn't read the Budapest uh, uh, Memorandum on Security Assurance, go read it, because it's very clear in there that we are supposed to be ensuring the security of Ukraine, Belarus, and Kazakhstan, we, the United States, the United Kingdom, and Russia, and Russia has clearly broken that, and the United States needs to step up to the plate a little more like we need to in Afghanistan and other places. Well, thank you so much, uh, Bill Parker, and uh, we'll catch up again real soon. Thank you. Look forward to it. And uh, just a second ago, we wrapped up a really powerful interview with Roger Stone. Here it is. And joining us now is conservative political consultant and lobbyist, also advisor to President Trump, Roger Stone. Uh, Roger, what the heck is happening? Hunter Biden threatening to sue you. Yeah, it's really quite extraordinary. I mean, everything I know about Hunter Biden's laptop, I learned by reading the New York Post. So any allegation that I was involved in the process by which any of this information became public is categorically false. Uh, I also read the incredible report put out by the Marco Polo USA Foundation at marcopolousa.org. It's all there. Yes, it is shocking. It is incredible. I uh, have talked about it on my daily show at stonezone.live every day at 5 o'clock, talked about it on a couple shows, and evidently that upset Hunter Biden's lawyers. So in their first letter, they told me to preserve all of my correspondence and documents pertaining to the laptop. That would be none whatsoever, other than maybe links to the New York Post. Uh, And in the second one, they demand an apology Uh, for my public comments about what is uh, in the public domain. I will not be apologizing. Uh, I think it's maybe just because I'm clickbait, because I'm controversial, but like everyone else, I have a First Amendment right to comment on these public issues, and I continue to plan to do so. And, uh, Roger, uh, I mean, if he sues you, uh, do you plan to sue him back? Well, strangely enough, John, uh, there's a fellow named Kevin Morris, who is a lawyer, screenwriter. He, according to what I've read online, gave Hunter Biden $2 million to pay down his tax debt. This fellow Morris has contacted a number of reporters. He actually has a Unabomber-type crazy chart that includes me, one of my attorneys, uh, Tyler uh, Nixon, uh, a psychiatrist that I know casually, 
Keith Albo, who evidently has some relationship with Hunter Biden, and therefore he has alleged that we acted illegally in some way uh, to make the laptop information uh, public. That is categorically false. It's also defamatory. So, yes, uh, not only would I look forward to cross-examining Hunter Biden himself on the stand over every single page of the published laptop material, but I also would be forced to counter-sue for defamation because, John, I know nothing whatsoever about this other than what I have read online. Let's talk about what is known about this. Uh, We have all heard through the news that uh, the FBI has copies of uh, of the laptops. How many hard drives, how many copies are there? Because I heard that Rudy Giuliani has them, FBI has them. New York Post. New York Post. How many are there? Uh, I must honestly tell you that I really have no idea. Uh, I'm also not really titillated or interested in Hunter Biden's personal activities, as as shocking as some of them may be. I'm far more concerned about evidence of influence peddling, uh, illegal lobbying, foreign powers paying huge amounts of money to members of the Biden family. I think those are all legitimate public issues that that require, uh, you know, uh, investigation and inquiry. But I have no idea how many laptops uh, Hunter Biden seems to have lost or misplaced. At various times, it's interesting that he said, these aren't the, the, the laptops reported in the post are not mine. At other times, he said, well, they may be mine. Now in their, in their correspondence to me, they're essentially saying they are his, but stop talking about them. It's all very confusing. And uh, Roger Stone, what is your reaction to to some of the big news, um, exactly what you're talking about that James Comer is looking into on the House Oversight Committee? He came out like in the last few hours saying that there may be up to a dozen Biden family deals that sort of trigger these uh, questionable activity reports at the Treasury. Where do you think this is going to lead? And what's your reaction just to what they're uncovering? So they appear to, uh, uh, they're claiming in the House committee that $3 million was distributed to members of the Biden family, including Hunter, uh, James Biden, Joe Biden's brother, who's a lobbyist, and I think also one of the daughters, and another person named Biden. Well, that's kind of curious. I wonder what that other person named Biden's first name is. Now, question about this yesterday, Joe Biden says that's not true. Okay. Now, Joe Biden needs to ask that, answer that question under oath in a public forum. That's certainly what they would do to Donald Trump. That's what they would do to any Republican. So uh, I continue to be amazed that millions of dollars are changing hands here, uh, but uh, no tax charges yet against Hunter Biden, no charges whatsoever. What I saw appeared to me to be open and shut evidence of criminality in a number of financial uh, areas. Uh, But we have a two-tier justice system in the country, uh, and the laws are not applied equally. I'm a living testimony to that. Roger, what is your reaction before we let you go about it looks like Alvin Bragg potentially may indict President Trump as early as tomorrow? What's your reaction to that? Shocking and disgraceful. We're taking an alleged campaign finance violation, and I stress alleged, which would normally be a misdemeanor anyway, bumping it up to a felony in a county in which 52% of felonies are bumped down to misdemeanors, 
making Manhattan one of the least safe places on the face of the earth. I think this is a politically motivated witch hunt, uh, and it is, uh, it is a case that five federal prosecutors looked at previously and declined to bring charges, and none of them were friends of Donald Trump. Roger Stone, uh, thank you for coming on, and please call us if there's anything new or anything you want to report, and uh, God bless you and God bless America. Thank you, John. God bless you, too. And thanks, Rita. Thanks, Roger. Big news there from Roger. And, of course, everybody talking about Trump and what will happen. Could he be indicted tomorrow? Coming up, by the way, on the show, everybody, uh, we have Bill O'Reilly, best-selling author, to give his big take. And this could be a blockbuster day because now one of the Trump analysts has testified. He always has the biggest scoop. And he's coming up, everybody, right after the break. Stay with us here on Cats and Cosby. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And the entire country and New York are bracing. It could be an indictment tomorrow. It'd be the first former president in American history, uh, Donald Trump. And joining us, who better on Cats and Cosby than Bill O'Reilly, the mega best-selling author, 19 million plus books sold. And of course, you can hear him on Common Sense of Bill O'Reilly, 9 to 10 p.m. on WABC. Also, sit in friends throughout the day. We love him here on WABC. Uh, we are so thrilled to have you, Bill. Bill O'Reilly, what is the Secret Service going to do to protect uh, President Trump? Well, I don't think that uh, Donald Trump, if indicted, and I think they're probably uh, sorry, the Alvin Bragg people, that this story is even out there now. Um, I don't think they're going to have to take him to New York. Um, Certainly not going to be a perp walk or handcuffs or anything like that. Most likely this will be virtual, may Zoom something like that. They're not going to put a former president in physical danger by transporting him to New York. So that and, uh, you know, the hate Trump media is going to hate that. They want the uh, spectacle. But I think that's what will most likely happen. Hey, Bill, what about the um, the Bob Costello, the big development? Uh, this is the Trump ally who came in. He's the guy who represented briefly Michael Cohen, of course, the big uh, witness with the Alvin Bragg case, he came out swinging today, basically saying the jury didn't get access to all these emails uh, that would have maybe given him a whole different perspective on Trump and would have helped Trump. It's hard for me to, you know, evaluate that, Rita. So, I mean, look, I don't have access to what the grand jury is hearing or seeing or not seeing. Um, This is what Mr. Costello says. Um, But I think that WABC listeners should step back and see what is likely to happen. So there's no way that Donald Trump's going to get convicted on this charge. It's not going to happen because statute of limitations will knock it out right away. The man who could get convicted is Alvin Bragg himself for using his office to launch a malicious prosecution. If he knows the statute of limitations is uh, has been exceeded, which he certainly does know, and continues along those lines anyway, is a violation of Donald Trump's rights, and he can be hauled into court. Brad himself. The other thing is that if Donald Trump is indicted, this will make it a virtual certainty that the House of Representatives 
will refer criminal charges against the Biden family. Because Republicans, and rightly so, will say, okay, you're coming after one of our people running for president. We're going to do the same thing to you. We've got enough, and the House committees will, you know, you're seeing it now. They want Alvin Bragg to come into Washington to explain it. But the real hammer is they're going to refer criminal charges against the Biden family and possibly the president himself. That's likely to happen now. So this throws the whole country into chaos. What good does this do the American citizen? Is this going to help the economy? Is it going to protect us against Russia and China? Is it going to solve the violent crime problem? Is it going to stop the mass migration and fentanyl coming across the border? What does this do? Why is this a positive? So to me, fair-minded people know this is a political prosecution. And I think the unintended consequences to the Democratic Party are going to be far worse than what happens to Donald Trump. No, this is Pete King. I agree with you on everything you said about uh, what can happen and uh, what uh, probably will happen. The way to undo all this, though, would be if Trump continues to talk about protests and somehow, either by agitators or whatever, the protests turn violent. That takes the emphasis off Greg. So I just hope he can keep quiet for a while. Well, that's not going to happen, Congressman. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Um, Good luck with that. <laughs> You know, I, I, was I had trying. dinner with him last week, uh, Donald Trump in Mar-a-Lago, and I talk about that on Common Sense tonight. Um, and I also have John Casamitidis on Common Sense tonight talking about his book. Oh, so the best-selling book, by the way, Bill. You know that, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, and that's at 9 o'clock on WABC. It's a must-listen. I don't want to get into my dinner with Trump here, uh, but I'll tell you that, you know, to say to Donald Trump, and I did not say this, you know, you shouldn't exhort your um, your supporters to protest. I mean, he's that's going to fall on with a, the cliche is deaf ears. Now, whether you think that's a call to incitement or not, it's a matter of opinion. But he wants people to get out and demonstrate their anger about this corruption. He sees it as corruption. The problem, Bill, is Richard Weinberg. The problem with that is, unless he has some sort of restriction saying go out and demonstrate peacefully and respect law and order, he needs some sort of caveat to his troops. When he says protest, 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 you know the other side is going to use that as a weapon against him, saying he's inciting another insurrection. And and people are angry. And he has to be very careful about that. I don't disagree with that. He did it the first time around on January 6th clearly use the word peacefully. I don't disagree with that. Um, uh, Donald Trump now in an emotional state. That's never a good place for him to be. Um, So, you know, he wants America to rise up in his defense, and that's not going to happen. The MAGA people will, and the Republicans, I think most Republicans will, but the others want to see bad things happen to him, and that's the truth. And, and, and there are agitators being, coming in from all over the country just to stir the pot. Yeah, that's the thing. That happened, of course, January 6th. Same formula. I mean, is that, uh, as John's bringing up, Bill, is that 
sort of a cauldron for disaster. Well, there's no central place to demonstrate, number one. I don't expect riots or anything like that. I don't know. Where are they going to break into? 7-Eleven? <laughs> I don't know. There's no, there's no place um, to they, go. They set up barricades, I understand, at uh, Trump Tower. Yep, and at the courthouse, too, and John, in uh, New York, too. And, and in co- fact, Almost courthouses downtown can be vulnerable. That's if, if Trump were to come to New York, as, as I just, you know, um, bloviated, I don't think that's going to happen. Physically, he had to come here. Then I would say it's a cauldron. But doing it virtually, I just don't see it. There may be a few demonstrators, but I don't see mass demonstrations happening. You know, um, Bill, I want to ask you, did you see the House today uh, came out to your point about Alvin Bragg saying they want to call him to testify? Sure. Yep. Alvin Bragg has put himself in, in serious legal jeopardy. And I think Judge Weinberg agrees with me here. I think there uh, are Alvin, a myriad of ways to go in and get him legally for this. Yeah, I, well, the the governor can uh, suspend him, put him into a, a hearing to remove him. Uh, it's very problematic for Alvin Bragg. I agree. Yeah, the governor is never going to do that. But uh, on a federal level, you know, there are the only other president ever to be arrested and convicted was U.S. Grant for driving his horse and buggy too fast in Washington, D.C. Well, that's, that fine. sounds like a bigger crime than I, Trump's. I, I, <laughs> an impeachable offense. <laughs> and I, I heard a rumor that Stormy Daniels says she was in the back of that buggy, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> that's Michael well, Cohen. Well, Bill, this is Rudy Washington. You know, I... I don't know how we even get past a motion to dismiss. Um, you know, well, there's nothing you there. Yeah, there's nothing there. There's nothing to dismiss. I, I, I you know, I want to get to it. They'll dismiss it because, that, number one, the Trump lawyers will get it out of New York right away. I mean, I'll be first thing. You get, out of, you get, get out, out of Manhattan. Of you certainly get out of Manhattan. You just get and, it out. You get it upstate somewhere. That's the first thing I should ask. Yeah, well, that's the change of Manhattan jury. Right. It'll be dismissed because of the statute of limitations. That's what's going to dismiss it right there. Yeah, it should. He shouldn't have never brought this case. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Bill Bill O'Reilly, I'll be listening tonight at 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock on Bill O'Reilly, Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly. And also, by the way, and he's got you. And I'm supposed to be calling in. I can't wait to tune in (laughs) for that. Well, God bless you and God bless America. Thank you, uh, Bill O'Reilly. And uh, thank you. Thank you. And Judge Weinberg, Congressman King, and uh, Deputy Mayor Washington, possibly related to George, (laughs) and uh, Rita Cosby. What do we all stand for? Truth, Truth, justice, justice, and the American way. way. God bless America.